Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. You know, John Ratcliffe is a great member of Congress from Texas. He was a great assistant United States attorney who prosecuted national security slash terrorism cases. And now they're just trying to smear him all over the place. Not just Democrats in the media, but your typical rhinos. And he was a prosecutor under George W. Bush. But because he defends the president of the United States effectively and articulately, and uh, is, is really a standout, uh, they'll try and destroy him. Because, you know, we can't politicize the intelligence agencies. If we learned anything under Obama with Brennan and Clapper and all the rest of them, we can't politicize the intelligence agencies. So if you have a patriot with a st- <laughs> excuse me, stellar record who serves in the House of Representatives but isn't like, you know, Richard Burr, nobody knows anything about Richard Burr or any of these other people, Uh, He's not qualified to be the head of national intelligence. But James Clapper was, ladies and gentlemen. James Clapper, who couldn't find toilet paper when he's in the men's room. That guy's qualified to be the uh, head of national intelligence. That's very, very sad. Now, let me show you the power of the media. I'm not saying we can't defeat the media, but we're going to have to defeat the media in this campaign. Because the media obviously, is not a free press. There's a difference. There's a poll out now, and they're very excited at the Washington Compost, the New York Slons, very excited at CNN and MSLSD and all these other places that have been calling Trump a racist for two and a half years. And, of course, they increased their attacks on Trump when last August uh, Trump was actually making inroads in the African-American community. Well, you can't have that. Because if Trump actually makes inroads in the African-American community, the Democrats cannot win. In fact, they would lose in a blowout. And so the drumbeat starts that the man is a racist, a racist, a racist, a racist. And even before they turned his Charlottesville comments into racist comments, I spent an entire show on that, word by word, syllable by syllable, and it was abundantly clear that's not what he said. Today, they put words in his mouth as they have all weekend long with respect to Elijah Cummings and the problems that the city of Baltimore and the people of Baltimore are facing. They put words in his mouth to try and turn him into a racist. And so the big lie goes on and on and on. And so we have polls. Now, I don't know if this poll is accurate, but I'm just showing you what's going on. Quinnipiac, 51% of registered voters say Trump is a racist. 45% say no. 80% of uh, African-Americans say Trump is a racist. Now, where do they get this from? The media. The media. 
They don't get it from his tweets. His tweets aren't racist. They didn't get it from Charlottesville. The comments he made in Charlottesville weren't racist. When you really listen to the entire thing and go through the entire transcript. So where does this come from? It comes from relentless propaganda. The media are trying to drive this election. Which is why I keep saying they're the real adversary. And in some cases, as the president says, enemy. More than half of Latinos say the president is racist. 46% of white respondents say the president is racist. Why disparity between Democrats and Republicans? 86% of Democrats say Trump is racist. 8% of Republicans. 56% of independents. Now, again, this is a poll. Who the hell knows? I'm just making a point. Now, let's talk about Elijah Cummings for a moment. It used to be that you don't attack the children of a president, remember? Tell me, were Barack Obama's children attacked? Were the Clinton's child attacked? Were Clinton's, uh, uh, Carter's kids attacked? Well, Mark, they're older. I don't care. They're trying to destroy this president and his family. They're trying to do anything they can to drive this man out. Why did Elijah Cummings, as chairman of the House Reform and Oversight Committee, have subpoenas issued for all communications of any kind by Ivanka Trump or Jared Kushner during the time they've been serving at the White House? Why would he do that? He's on a fishing expedition to go after the president's daughter and after his son-in-law. Now, they're trying to do a job. I know Elijah Cummings doesn't want the president to function properly, nor does he want the presidency to function properly. And neither do the Democrats with these endless subpoenas that are intended to overwhelm and burden the president to the point where he cannot govern. That's why they helped and pushed and threatened until there was a special counsel unleashed against this president and his administration. Elijah Cummings is trying to reverse the course of the election. He's trying to undermine the franchise for almost 63 million people. This guy's no angel. He's a partisan hack. He has an oversight committee, and he trashes the men and women who are trying to protect the border, the men and women who are trying to do something about all these children coming across the open border. And what does he do? Does he have an oversight hearing? What can we do to help you? Where do we need a wall? Where do we need other physical barriers or technologies? How many personnel do you need? How many detention beds do you need? That's not what the oversight hearing was about. It was another show trial. Another reality show for CNN and MSNBC. For the New York Times and the Washington Post. To get sound bites. Elijah Cummings does not appear to me to be somebody who has empathy for people on the border. And he, frankly, doesn't appear to me to be a man who has empathy for the people in his own district. And that's the point of the president. When you go through parts of Baltimore that look like Dresden after they were bombed by the British. 
and the rat infestation and the murder rate and all the rest of it, the corruption. The president's asking something that should be crossing everybody's mind. Why the hell isn't this incredibly powerful Democrat who has Nancy Pelosi's ear, whose wife runs the Democrat Party in Maryland, she's head of the party there, why isn't he focused on the right things? But he's called a racist because the Democrats circle the wagons, because the big city mayors circle the wagons, because the media circle the wagons. And you cannot, you must not penetrate their iron-fisted grip on these communities. You cannot question them. Just like when Clarence Thomas dared to be a constitutional originalist who believes in natural law, believes in what the Declaration says, you cannot have a man like Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court for the left. That's why he was opposed by the NAACP. And the usual left-wing Democrats, white, black, and in between. You may not like the way Trump tweets, but read that tweet that they say is racist. And they all, you only use this word, you see, when it comes to black communities. Not true. You only use this word if you're a racist. Not true. You only use this word. Amazing to me. Amazing to me. And then the media tout the polls. So the media create a pseudo-event, rapid in propaganda. They have hammered us now for four days in a row. Then they take a poll. Or one of their polling organizations take a poll, issue a press release, and look at this. Voila! Like magic. Trump's considered a racist in the black community, in the Latino community, among Democrats. Gee, I wonder how they got that idea. The media in this country are pernicious. Look it up. They are pernicious. They're every bit as lousy and rotten as unfree media in unfree countries. They are not serious about objective truth. They're not serious about providing you with real Information so you can draw your own conclusions about candidates, about tweets, or anything of the sort. We have so-called journalists who get on TV or get behind microphones and just pound away. He's Hitler. He's unhinged. He needs to be removed. He's a misogynist. He's a xenophobe. He's a racist. This is what we get day in and day out, and then the polls. Oh, look at this, sir. Look... Look at this, Don. Yeah, Chris, look at this. And what does it do? What does it do? They fuel their own propaganda. They say, look, it's working. Look, a majority of the American people think the president's a racist, 51%, according to this poll, as I say. Let's keep it up. Let's keep at it. Look how strong we are. We couldn't stop them the first time, but we'll stop them this time. Oh, yes. Watch. Look how strong we are. We can determine the future of the country. We can pull the country in our direction. And this is what I meant in the first chapter of Unfreedom of the Press 
by social activism media. That's what we have. Social activism media. Progressive ideologues. Democrat Party partisans. Social activism media. You see, because you're too stupid, they believe. So they got to not only report information, laundered through their ideology and their groupthink and their pack mentality, but they need to do more than that. They need to actually affirmatively drive the agenda. Do I have that right, Professor Jay Rosen? You jerk. I know you listen to this program. He tweeted, oh, that Mark Levin, no, he's, he's a hater. I'm not a hater. I expose clowns like you. Lots more when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. these various media outlets and newsrooms, they dare not reverse course or alter their course in any way because they've built up these niche audiences at CNN and MSNBC, even at the New York Times and the Washington Post. If they actually started reporting objective truth as news, they'd lose a lot of subscribers because their subscribers, whether it's cable or newspapers, they've been trained by these very so-called news organizations. They've been trained to share a particular mindset, a particular ideology. Let me show you how corrupt this is. This is from our buddies at Newsbuster, Joseph Arquez. Not only did NBC debate moderators give California Senator Kamala Harris extra time during its June debate. Turns out 12 executives from NBC Universal and parent company Comcast gave her campaign cash too. NBC was ready to crown Harris the victor after its two-night Democratic debates, June 26 and 27, various programming the network he praised on Breakout Star, calling her brave and powerful. But NBC's moderators broke their own debate rules by giving Harris more time than she was supposed to get, some of which was used to attack former Vice President Joe Biden and accuse him of, you know, racism. The resulting exchange caused MSNBC host Chris Matthews to wonder if Biden could survive Harris's, quote, amazing night in history, unquote. 
Now, recently released FEC data revealed Harris had another kind of help from NBC. Money. At least 12 NBC Universal Comcast executives donated to the Harris campaign in the months leading up to the debate. The FEC data included March and April 2019 donations, raising concerns about potential conflicts of interest. Why? You think the media will do anything about themselves? Five news-related executives were a particular concern, including three executives who provide oversight to NBC News and two others who are in charge of Comcast political advertising sales. These five were vice chairman of NBC Universal, Ronald Meyer, chairman of NBCU Film and Entertainment, Jeff Schell, president of NBC Universal International Television Distribution and Universal Networks International, Belinda Menendez. Comcast Spotlight Senior Vice President and Marketing Executive Maria Weaver and Vice President of Enterprise Sales and Global Commercial Development Katie Back of Free Will, a Comcast company. The Society of Professional Journalists Code of Ethics clearly states that journalists should, quote, avoid conflicts of interest, real or perceived, disclose unavoidable conflicts, unquote. It also states that journalists should refuse credibly harming special treatment and should avoid political and other outside activities that may compromise integrity or impartiality or may damage credibility. NBC Universal had not responded to Media Research Center's request for comments as of July 23, 2019. NBC rules, they broke their own rules for the debate where that candidates will have 60 seconds to answer questions and 30 seconds to respond to follow-ups. No opening statements, though candidates will have a chance to deliver closing remarks. In reality, there were multiple instances where moderators Chuck Todd and Rachel Maddow broke those rules. Maddow allowed Harris to give a speech on race, neither in response to a question nor as a follow-up in violation of debate rules. The speech lasted approximately one minute and 45 seconds. She spent the majority of the time attacking Joe Biden. And it goes on. Sleazy, corrupt media. Tell me how many executives at NBC Comcast have donated to the Donald Trump campaign? Is there one? Who are they? Who are they? Let me tell you what you see with your eyes at MSNBC and NBC is no joke. Hacks. Phony newsrooms. It is they who are destroying a free press. Not you and me. Not critics. Not the president. More when I return. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth. They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's college. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. Quinn Hillier. At the Washington Examiner, CNN's anti-Trump chirons are infested with bias. No, he's not a particularly big supporter of the president. He says, what is wrong with CNN these days? Has it lost all standards distinguishing news from opinion? He says, there are plenty of us who decry Trump's frequent dissent in the name-calling. Some of us even think it's obvious he is a virulent bigot. I certainly do not. We may even think of racial animus. But those are opinions. They're not irrefutable. They're not hard news. Yet I'm watching CNN right now as it runs a chyron on the bottom of the screen labeled Politics of Hate. Its subhead is Trump using racism as a political strategy and new rhetoric. The chyrons do not contain question marks. They do not say that some people say these things about Trump. The chyrons state these judgments are fact. They state them as incontrovertible. They brook no disagreement. They make a bald assertion, unmoored to either objectivity or dispassionate reporting. This is not fact-based news. This is not straight reporting. This is biased, pure and simple. It is why Trump benefits so much from railing against fake news and the enemy of the people. Viewers do not like to be browbeaten. They do not like supposedly straight news shows drawing conclusions for them, much less preaching to them or hectoring them. Leave that to the opinionators. Don't call it news. Rename the organization, the Cable Opinion Spewers Network, and then the current CNN would be fine. Until then, cool it. Get some professionalism. Let viewers think for ourselves. Get a grip. But they won't. There's no self-policing mechanism. Except ratings. The problem is when major, when major international corporations buy these newsrooms to protect themselves, you'll never see CNN do a story on AT&T. You'll never see NBC or MSNBC do a story on Comcast. They own them. You'll never see the Washington Post really do a big story on Bezos and Amazon or the New York Times do a story on the billionaire telecommunications magnate who bought 17 or so percent of that newspaper in Mexico, they buy peace, control. But they subsidize these entities. Now, I've told you about the Hutchins Commission, a commission on freedom of the press, which was pulled together in 1942, organized by major news outlets. And put out the report in 1947. I'm not going to read it all to you again. You can read it in your own book, Unfreedom of the Press. But here's what the commission warned. 
The modern press itself is a new phenomenon. This is 1947. Its typical unit is the great agency of mass communication. These agencies can facilitate thought and discussion. They can stifle it. They can advance the progress of civilization, or they can thwart it. They can debase and vulgarize mankind. They can endanger the peace of the world. They can do so accidentally in a fit of absence of mind. They can play up or down the news and its significance, foster and feed emotions, create complacent fictions and blind spots, misuse the great words, and uphold empty slogans. Their scope and power are increasing every day as new instruments become available to them. And these instruments can spread lies faster and farther than our forefathers dreamed when they enshrined the press, freedom of the press, and the First Amendment to our Constitution. Truer words have never been spoken. Never. That's 70, how long ago is that? 72 years ago. And the commission cautioned that with the means of self-destruction that are now at their disposal, men must live, if they are to live at all, by self-restraint. They're talking about reporters and editors and producers. Moderation and mutual understanding. And they get their picture of one another through the press. The press can be inflammatory, sensational, and irresponsible. If it is... It and its freedom will go down in the universal catastrophe. On the other hand, the press can do its duty by the new world that is struggling to be born. It can help create a world community by giving men everywhere knowledge of the world and of one another by promoting comprehension and appreciation of the goals of a free society that shall embrace all men. And so when the media... Take words from the president and push a narrative, a drumbeat, one newsroom to the other, one news platform to the other, as if in an aggregate, push their propaganda that the president is a racist day in and day out, day in and day out, the same media that pushed the narrative of Russia collusion, the same media that pushed the narrative of obstruction of justice, the same media that pushed the narrative that Trump is Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini all wrapped in one, the same media that pushes the agenda that the President of the United States is unhinged, mentally unstable, and that those who support him are all those things and more. That's the media. That's pushing the agenda, public opinion, and the polls. That's the media that would pick any of these Democrat candidates. As absolutely nuts as they are. Over the current president of the United States. Who? Who? In the modern mass media has objected to the conduct of Elijah Cummings in going after the president's family. Who in the modern mass media has objected to his subpoenas for the president's bank records, for any communications with his accountants, for his children's communications? Who's objected to that on privacy grounds, 
or any other grounds. None of them. Abuse of power by Elijah Cummings, a rogue member of Congress, and you dare not criticize him because then it's a pattern, you see, of racism by a president who criticized AOC, a bigot, an anti-Semite, who dared to criticize Omar, a bigot, an anti-Semite, who dared to criticize Tlaib, a bigot, an anti-Semite, and now dares to question Elijah Cummings. And they know damn well that this president of the Republican primary attacked one white male after another. They know damn well that he's attacked one white male after another today, yesterday, and will tomorrow. He attacks the left. He attacks those who attack his family. He attacks those who attack him. They strike first, and second, and third, and finally he responds. Now some people don't think he should. They were happy with the way George W. Bush allowed his enemies and adversaries to pound the hell out of him. They were perfectly pleased with the way the left attacked George H.W. Bush and defeated him. No problem. But that's not Donald Trump. He's not a country club Republican. He owns a country club. There's a difference, you know. And the other night, I explained to you the incestuous relationship between scores of people in the media and the Democrat Party and vice versa. Survey after survey, study after study, poll after poll, shown the ideological bent of the mass modern media, the political affiliation of the mass modern media. The hard left, the progressive left, having devoured our colleges and universities, which reject free speech, having devoured our public school classrooms, which reject diverse opinions, having devoured Hollywood, having devoured most of our government and our bureaucracy, while they devoured the media too. And they're power-hungry. Power-hungry. That's the whirlwind that surrounds this president and his supporters, his family, his business associates, former and current, and those of us who voted for him. And the very people who are undermining our constitutional system, the very people who are destroying freedom of the press and freedom of speech. These are the very people who seek to pass judgment on us and seek to impose their ideological and political will on you and me. You said no two years ago. And they said, well, you're going to pay a price. And even before this president entered office, they wanted him impeached or indicted unconscionable and now they want to do everything possible to ensure that they create the narratives around this man 
that they define who this man is. Not his actions, not his statements. They'll put words in his mouth and they'll put words in your ears. These are propagandists. These are ideologues. They're part of the progressive movement, pushing their social activism agenda. That's exactly what's going on. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At LevinforHillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. How many questions do you think the Democrats will be asked later tonight in a debate, and the next night in a debate, about the party's growing anti-Semitism? How many times do you think they'll quote Omar? or Talib, or AOC, to the Democrats. Only if they listen to me, which is unlikely, will these hosts do so. They haven't in any serious way yet. Certainly not in any persistent way. How about that? How about the conditions in our metropolitan areas that are controlled by Democrats? Last time I checked, the mayor of L.A. is a white man. We allowed to talk about him, or is he off the, uh, off the charts, too? Well, what about these cities? What's going on in these cities? You know what amazes me? These cities, where the citizens of these cities are struggling. The political leaders in these cities are out of touch with their people. Sanctuary City? So you have blight in your own city, a lack of jobs in your own city, a lack of education in your own city, a lack of health and safety standards in your own city. And you're announcing to the whole world, but especially the third world, send us your poor people, send us your illiterate people, send us your sick people. We're a sanctuary city. We will not do a thing to ensure that you are deported or if you're a criminal, that you're imprisoned. This is the political leadership of virtually every major city in America. Is that how you treat your citizens? Elijah Cummings has no problem with this. He's on the wrong side of this issue. And so is Al Sharpton. 
And so is Al Sharpton. Now, I want you to listen to some of this. I am loaded. No, I don't mean drunk. I don't drink. I am loaded with, uh, with intellectual ammo. We have uh, somebody named Sonny Houston or Houston on The View. If you're going to vote for Trump, well, you're complicit in racism. Listen to her. Cut 12. Go. This is about whether or not you will continue to vote for and support a president who is a racist, who is a misogynist, who's killing the environment, killing the environment, who is putting children in cages, who is separating families, who is dividing our country. If you are going to vote for that person and you are not going to speak out against racism, you are complicit in what he is doing. I'll speak out against racism and that would be you. You're a race baiter. You're a hater. You're a propagandist. And there you are on The View. On a network platform. Lying through your teeth about the President of the United States. Pushing your left-wing hack agenda. With that clown sitting right next to you, Joy Behar. Oh, and the climate change. Oh, yes, the climate too. Let me tell you what's going on here. And I said it a couple of weeks ago on Life, Liberty, and Levin. If you do not embrace the radical left agenda, open borders, attacks on cops, eviscerating the military, centralized government, government-run health care, free college, wiping out college, all the rest of it, then you must be a racist. Then you must be a racist. If you stand up to a bully like Elijah Cummings after the 15th subpoena attacking your children, well, then you must be a racist. If you stand up to the anti-Semite wing of the Democrat Party, which is growing every day, well, then you must be a racist. And if you stand up to the media, of course, you must be Hitler. This is the level of propaganda we're getting from the left in the media, in entertainment, and in the Democrat Party. And in the Democrat Party. We have a true problem with Jew-hating and anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party. But they want to divert your attention to the president. It's incredible to me. I've got a lot more. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We will soon be back in Atlanta, Georgia. The station I was on a year ago was sold, and they dropped talk radio. But we'll soon be back on talk radio, a significant station in Atlanta, Georgia, and I look forward to telling you about that in about two, three weeks. Can't keep this show out of major cities or 
towns and boroughs and so forth. Too many ways to listen to this show. You can do it through radio, AM and FM. It's called terrestrial radio. Satellite radio, of course. You can listen to my podcast. I don't even talk about it enough. You can link to that very, very easily. There's other ways. You can download the Mark Levin app, the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to a live stream on your computer. There's just so many ways you can listen to this program. There really are. I'm getting a lot of emails, two things, so let let me respond. As I pointed out when I was doing it, I was reading from my book on Freedom of the Press in the first hour. It is chock full of crucially important information. And the more people who we can alert to the media, the more we can push back when they do their propaganda like they're doing with these polls and so forth. The more people who are informed about their tactics and their techniques, the more people who will be immune to them. That's why I keep saying we've got to continue to build this army of Levinites and patriots because the challenge right now is to secure a free press and to fight the, the media mob that has devoured it like aliens. And then I get another set of emails that tell me, well, Mark, your book is still 52% off at Amazon. And I went and looked during the break, and it is. It's 52% off, $13.44. And if you're part of Amazon Prime, it's free shipping tomorrow if you act within two hours. I must say, I'm surprised it's day two, but I would strongly encourage you to take advantage of it. If you have a copy of the book, get a copy of the book for somebody else. Birthday gift, holiday gift in the future, or if you're just like a a, a patriot, a self-appointed precinct captain, and you want to push out the message to a few people, your children, grandchildren, friends, now's the time, $13.44. I'm just telling you, Look at this from the Federalist. Madeline Osborne. Senator Kamala Harris defended the Reverend Al Sharpton as someone who has spent his life fighting for what's right, quote unquote, after President Trump called the MSNBC host a con man, claiming he hates whites and cops. Now, Trump's position never used to be controversial. Those of us who are old enough, we remember old Al Sharpton. It's a slimeball. But now he's been mainstreamed by MSNBC, the media, mainstreamed by the Democrat Party. If Harris believes in citing violence, leading race riots, rallying anti-Jewish protests, and corporate shakedown schemes count as working to improve our nation, then Sharpton has gone above and beyond. Since the 1980s, Sharpton has engineered protests, boycotts, and riots, often pitting African-Americans against Jewish communities. Perhaps the most gruesome being a four-day race riot in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, after a Hasidic driver killed the child of Guyanese immigrants in a tragic car accident. Sharpton stirred up anti-Semitic protesters, shouting, no justice, no peace. They targeted innocent Jewish homes, breaking windows and setting cars on fire. And an angry mob murdered Jewish bystander Yankel Rosenbaum. Sharpton led the mobs who chanted about killing blood-sucking Jews and Jew bastards. 
media forget all this. They're busy covering the Trump rallies, and they treat it like it's Nuremberg. Sick. According to reporter Philip Gothovich, Sharpton used his speech at the child's funeral to stoke anger. Quote, talk about how Oppenheimer in South Africa sends diamonds straight to Tel Aviv and deals with the diamond merchants right here in Crown Heights. The issue is not anti-Semitism. The issue is apartheid. This is Sharpton. All we want to say is what Jesus said. If you offend one of these little ones, you got to pay for it. No compromise, no meetings, no coffee clatch, no skinning, no grinning, Sharpton said. Four years later, Sharpton was riling up protest again, this time against Fred Harari, a Jewish subtenant who operated Freddy's Fashion Mart in Harlem and evicted his own subtenant, a black-owned record store. We will not stand by and allow them to move this brother so that some white interloper can expand his business, Sharpton told protesters. At a separate rally, Sharpton's colleague at the National Action Network, Morris Powell, said, we're not going to stand idly by and let a Jewish person come in Black Harlem and methodically drive black people out of business up and down 125th Street. The Sharpton-led protest came to a head in December when Roland James Smith Jr., who had participated in Sharpton's protests, walked into Freddy's Fashion Mart, pulled out a gun, ordered all the black customers to leave, poured paint thinner on several bins of clothing, and set them on fire. Seven people died in that fire, and Smith shot himself. Sharpton claimed he was not involved in the protest and was only there to mediate. The reason Harari had raised the rent of his black tenant in the first place? His rent had been raised by his landlord, a black Pentecostal church. Sharpton has not once apologized nor shown any remorse for the consequences of the riots or the deaths caused in his wake. He even criticized the NYPD for linking the protesters to the fire. Despite a track record of anti-Semitism, the media have allowed the whitewashing of Sharpton's career, eased by his relationship with President Barack Obama, who Sharpton endorsed in 2007. Courting Sharpton has since been a tactic used by presidential candidates to win over black voters. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Senator Bernie Sanders, and Kamala Harris, among others, have all paid visits to have lunch with Al Sharpton in Harlem. And MSNBC hires him to do a TV show. And the president calls him out for exactly what he is, a con man. And he's attacked for that, the president. The president is well aware of this man. As a New Yorker, among others. He's well aware of this man. Now, story out there, not so much a story, but information out there, polls about white women in the suburbs. White women in the suburbs. They're not liking a lot 
of how Trump talks. You know, they're very influenced by the media. And the Associated Press is there. They interview a handful of people. Suburban women recoil as Trump dives into racial politics. Let me ask these white suburban women a question. Did you recoil when Kamala Harris attacked Joe Biden? Did you recoil when Omar spewed one of her endless numbers of anti-Semitic statements? Did you recoil when Talib spewed one of her endless number of anti-Semitic statements? Did you recoil when AOC spewed her endless anti-Semitic statements? Tell me, did you recoil when Kamala Harris said she supports racial busing ordered by the federal government? You white women in the suburbs, did you recoil when she did that to again divide the country and picket scabs? Did you recoil then? Tell me, did you recoil when Joe Scarborough called the president Hitler or Mussolini or Stalin? Do you recoil at Don Lemon and his daily antics? How come nobody's gone out there and asked those white women in the suburbs that question? Or any of those questions? the Associated Press. How come you didn't ask any of those questions? Are you uncomfortable by the growing anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party? They didn't ask that question. Why didn't they ask that question? Do you support federal busing, which was a complete failure, by the way? Do you, do you support that, white women in the suburbs? I'm just curious. How come they don't ask that question? Do you support infanticide? We're told that you support abortion, white women in the suburbs. Do you support infanticide, post-birth abortion? Do you? How come they weren't asked that question? They're not asked those questions because they're driving the narrative, driving the news stories, driving the polls, driving the elections. That's the goal here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Tell me, what did Barack Obama do for the African-American community? Can you name one thing? Whether you support all of Trump's policies or not, what did Trump do for the African-American community? 
Did he drive down unemployment to the lowest level in recorded history in the African-American community? No. What did he do? What did he do for the African-American community? Trump touts his uh, prison reform, and many uh, black leaders praised him for it. And they talk about the uh, percentage of uh, blacks in prison versus uh, others. I don't buy into all this, but I'm just saying what's taking place. President responded with uh, prison reform or criminal justice reform, I believe it's called. Obama never did any of that. Obama didn't do that. He's been using uh, federal muscle and dollars on opportunity zones in major cities in this country. Obama didn't do that. You know, one of the great civil rights actions that can be taken in our metropolitan areas is school choice. And Landmark Legal Foundation, of which I'm chairman, but we have a great president there now, Pete Hutchison, who was general counsel, he's been there for decades, just top shelf. We and others have litigated for school choice in inner city areas, which are 80, 90 percent black and Hispanic in these particular communities. You know who fought us? The NAACP. You know who else fought us? The NEA and the AFT. You know who else fought us? The Democrat Party. And every damn lawsuit we brought, same coalition against us. This is what the president's talking about. Is there a mayor in this country of a top metropolitan area, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, who's pushed for school choice where little kids could go to better schools of their parents choosing? No. Because they're bought and paid for by the teachers' unions. That's why. They need them for votes and campaign funds and God knows what else. Tell me, how many stories have been done about that at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost? How many stories have been done about that at CNN and MSNBC? When's the last time Joe Scarborough talked about that? Or Don Lemon or Chris Matthews or Chris Cuomo or Jake Tapper? Or all the rest of the conga line of freaks, fools and morons? But that's okay. They get off on calling Trump a racist because they think that somehow that purifies them. Somehow they're more noble, more earnest as a result of trashing the president of the United States. They got it off their chest, you know, twisting his words, making up his words, putting words in his mouth day in and day out, night and day. Now they feel better, you see. Purified. Above it all, Joe Scarborough is not a racist. No, 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 no. Don't look at where he lives. No, no, no. I'm sure he lives among African Americans and illegal aliens. Now, he lives the high life. So does Jake Tapper. All of them do. All of them do. They don't live like they speak, they don't live like they speak. They're all hardline ideologues, Democrat Party apparatchiks. That's it. That's why they're defending Elijah Cummings. They can't let him 
be, uh, be held accountable, then all Democrats will be held accountable. The mayors, the city councils, and all the rest will all be held to account. Can't have that. Then the Republicans might win. Might be a sea change politically. Oh, boy, I tell you. It's incredible. School choice. Will that be brought up in tonight's Democrat debate? No. Will it be brought up tomorrow night's Democrat debate? No. Not unless one of these fools is listening to me. Hey, you know what? Let's ask that just to show Levin. Fine. Do it. We don't talk about a civil rights movement anymore, do we? Because most of them have been bought and paid for by big government, by bureaucracies, by politicians. The greatest civil rights issue today, the failure of our educational system when it comes to poor kids. I'm not kidding. It's been a problem for decades. And there are ways to break up the monopoly, but they won't do it. That's why the NEA gives 99.9% of its money to Democrats. Because they control the cities. I wonder what the white women in the suburbs think about that. Hey, Doris out there, the white woman in the suburbs, what do you think about that? I don't know. know. That's Trump. I'm watching Don Lemon, man. This guy, he's on to something. This, This Trump, you know. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. Ted Kennedy drives off a bridge, a woman dies. All right, well, you know, it happens. Happens. Bill Clinton accused the rape. Well, it happens. That's the line of the Senate and the liar in the Oval Office. Well, well, you know, it happens. Well, whatever. Now, you can't, you know, no. you don't want to say it's Trump. Trump's words. And they're not even his words. They're not even his words. All right, I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. As you know, I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell. Not in the least. But the Washington Post and his Dana Milbank are really grotesque. Dana Milbank has been grotesque. 
even before he hit puberty. And I'm not even sure he has. He's a left-wing clown and a thug. But the Washington Compost has no standards. The New York Slimes think this is funny, too. They're calling McConnell basically uh, a Russian asset. A Russian asset. It's really quite remarkable. A Russian asset. See, if you don't agree with the left, you're either a Russian colluder or you're a racist. This is why the New York, the Washington Post had to be saved by Bezos and Amazon because they're grotesque. So Mitch McConnell is a Russian asset, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what's funny is the Democrats have always sided with the old Soviets and the communists. We know the story. It's an unfreedom of the press, how they sided with Stalin, the media. The New York Times sided with Stalin against the Ukrainians as he slaughtered up to 10 million of them. The New York Times covered up the Holocaust, as I've said. So did the Washington Post. Busy calling people racists and Russian apparatchiks and so forth. It's incredible. Pathetic, actually. Quite pathetic. You know, the folks at Bolin Branch are feeling really flattered right now. Ever since their family business became the industry leader with the world's most comfortable sheets, they've seen a lot of imitators making similar promises and even repeating words from their ads. But no one can duplicate the quality of Bolin Branch cotton. It starts out soft and gets softer and softer over time. Now, these are $1,000 sheets for a couple hundred bucks. And the only sheets loved by hundreds of thousands of Americans and three U.S. presidents. That's why 97% of customers surveyed, <coughs> excuse me, said they sleep better on Bowl and Branch. But you won't find in, them in a, a big box store because they're not there. Starting this summer, you get 100 nights to try them. 100 nights. Shipping is always free. And right now, you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with promo code MARK. It's that simple. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MARK, that's critical, for $50 off. com promo code MARK. I hope you'll check them out. I hope you'll check them out. I'm going to move on. I was going to take some calls. You folks hang there. I know the board is full. It's been full. It's full sometimes even before I come on the air, so... Bernie Sanders on Pod Save America podcast. See, any homeless person can get a podcast. Pod Save America podcast. Hat tip, right scoop, cut one, go. We spend a few billion dollars on aid to Israel. Um, would you ever consider using that aid as leverage to get the Israeli government to act differently? Let's just wait one second here. Israel's one of one, over 190 countries. In Nigeria, as I speak to you today, black Muslims are slaughtering black Christians. In the Congo, black Muslims are slaughtering black Christians. In the Sudan, black Muslims are slaughtering black Christians. Look all over the Middle East. 
Muslims slaughtering each other. And if they can find Jews or Christians, slaughtering them too. I could look all over the globe for you, ladies and gentlemen, of these giant genocidal countries. Absolutely horrendous. I'm not even saying whether they're democratic or not. Just horrific regimes. And yet, the left, like these genocidal regimes in the UN, are obsessed with Israel. Why would they be obsessed with Israel? Why do they care about what takes place between Israel and the Palestinians? Do they ever talk about what takes place between the Russians and the Georgians or the Russians or the Ukrainians? Do they ever talk about what takes place in the interior of Russia? How about China, which has two million Muslims in concentration camps? But don't worry, they're not death camps because AOC told us, eh, there's a difference. Not a word. They're not asked questions about that. How about the gulags in Cuba, the gulags in Venezuela? How about the hellholes all over the world from which people are trying to escape to come to the United States? So why is it that Democrat candidates are not asked about any of this, any of these countries, any of these regimes, any of this genocide? But they're always asked about the tiny little state of Israel. Our ally. A democracy. Because there's six to seven million Jews there. That's why. That's why. The Democrat Party is obsessed with the destruction of Israel, just as the United Nations is. One reflects the other. They don't make any proposals that would ensure the security of Israel. They pretend what goes on in the Gaza Strip either doesn't go on or it's Israel's fault. They pretend that Hamas doesn't exist. They pretend that the Palestinian Authority isn't giving out pensions and subsidies to murder Jews through acts of terrorism. They pretend that Hezbollah hasn't taken over Lebanon and isn't the terrorist militia wing of the Iranian military. They pretend that Iran doesn't exist. Israel, you see. Israel must give up its security. It's historic homeland. It's right there in the Bible, but most of these people are atheists, so it really doesn't matter. What Bible? Come on, what's wrong with you? We got the Oslo Accords. We don't need the Bible. We've got occupied territory there. What do you mean occupied? Occupied by whom? For what? Well, you know, the, the, the Jews are occupying it. Oh, you mean like the Christians occupy Bethlehem? They've been chased out pretty much by the Arabs who call themselves Palestinians. You mean like Hebron? Does that sound like Hebrew to you, Mr. Producer? One of the early capitals for the Jews. You know who's buried there, Mr. Producer? You folks who listen to my shows from Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's all. 
and Sarah, among others. You know who controls 97% of that city? The Arabs who call themselves Palestinians and, for the most part, Hamas. There's 85 Jewish families left in that city. Hey, that's not occupied. No. Bethlehem's not occupied by the Palestinians. Hebron's not occupied by the Palestinians. So this guy, Pod Save America, and his 14 listeners, we spend a few billion dollars on aid to Israel. Can't we use that to blackmail those those Jews? Can't, can't we blackmail them? Now, Bernie Sanders is first and foremost a commie, so he's pretty much an atheist. He was born a Jew, uh, but he's a self-hater. I've said it before. It should be no surprise to anybody over at Media and Media Matters, and I hope you state what I said and spread it widely. But I want you to listen to what he says in response to this. Old Brooklyn Bernie. Go ahead. We spend a few billion dollars on aid to Israel. Um, would you ever consider using that aid as leverage to get the Israeli government to act differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are giving large sums of money. Look, let me, let me back it up before the tweets start flowing <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's very funny. Very funny. <laughs> now Bernie's going to demonstrate that he's Jewish. His family's Jewish. His family's been to Israel. And so, therefore, whatever he has to say has gravitas. Go ahead. I lived in Israel. Yeah. Actually, I worked in a kibbutz for a number well, of I figures he would work in a kibbutz, Mr. Producer. Little socialist enclave. I'm not attacking people. There's a lot of good, solid people who work in a kibbutz. He's not one of them. Go ahead. I have family in Israel. I am Jewish. I am not anti-Israel. No, yes, you are anti-Israel. And there are some Jews that are anti-Israel. And they form groups like J Street and other hideous, disgusting organizations filled with self-haters. And those of you in other religions, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Go ahead. I believe that the people of Israel have absolutely the right... To live in peace? It's not a matter whether you believe the people in Israel have a right to live in peace. The problem is there are people around Israel who don't believe they have a right to live in peace, you idiot. Just like in America. There are people in America. We have a right to live in peace, but there are people who hate America and don't believe we should live in peace. That's the problem, moron. Go ahead. Independence and security. End of discussion. That is what I fervently believe. But I think what has happened is, in recent years under Netanyahu, you have an extreme right-wing government with many racist tendencies. Now, let's stop there. So there you go again. Trump's a racist. Netanyahu's a racist. Mitch McConnell is a Russian apparatchik. Everybody's a racist. They're all extreme right-wingers. Well, if you're a a Marxist-Leninist, I guess everybody is an extreme right-winger. So now Netanyahu is an extreme right-winger who has many racist tendencies. He's the elected leader of Israel, just as Trump is the elected leader of America. 
But Bernie doesn't have any racist tendencies, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. His hands are clean. He's just a regular old red commie, you know, like in in China, where they're rounding up Muslims. Go ahead. The role of the United States, and this is not easy, you know, I believe me, Clinton tried it, Obama tried it, Jimmy Carter tried it, this is not easy stuff, is to try to finally bring peace to the Middle East and to treat the Palestinian people with a kind of respect and dignity they deserve. Well, let me just say this. Maybe Hamas should treat the Palestinian people with the kind of dignity and respect they reserve, as you say. Except the people voted for Hamas. They voted once, and they're not allowed to vote again. It's Hamas who kills their own people. It's a terrorist organization, you fool. It's the Palestinian Authority. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know if a Palestinian sells real estate, a home, piece of property to a Jew, they get the death penalty? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? They get the death penalty. Are they treated with respect and dignity? How many more videos do we need to see on the internet where little Palestinian children are taught how to blow themselves up? Tell me, how many Jewish kids, Israeli kids, are taught to blow themselves up? In a Palestinian cafe. How many times has that happened, Mr. Producer? Not once. How many Israeli terrorists have gotten on a civilian bus in the Gaza Strip and shot up the bus? Not once, you idiot. They deserve respect, though, you see. Go ahead. Our policy cannot just be pro-Israel, pro-Israel, pro-Israel. It has Our come- policy is not just pro-Israel, pro-Israel, pro-Israel. Or we would recognize Judea and Samaria as wholly and completely part of the country of Israel. We haven't done that. We haven't done that. If our policy was pro-Israel, 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 we would do that. We have the most pro-Israel president of any president I've seen. And he's called an anti-Semite. And he's called a racist. He's called a bigot. By, among others, the very newspaper that covered up the Holocaust, the New York Slimes. By one of the other very newspapers that covered up the Holocaust, the Washington Post. And by newsrooms that promote bigots and anti-Semites. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. 
It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. You know, it's summer. Time to check on for a while, but it's also a time when Congress knows you aren't paying attention. I got word that Senate Democrat Ron Wyden, left-wing cook of Oregon, and a ranking member on the Senate Finance Committee is pushing a bill that would mess with the market-based Medicare Part D prescription drug program. All you seniors out there on Medicare or soon to be on Medicare, you really ought to start paying attention to these things. Because every Democrat is proposing the elimination of Medicare as you know it. And most of them are proposing the elimination of Medicare, period, and the elimination of private health care. All you people with private health care should pay attention, too. Now, the Wyden bill creates a so-called inflationary cap. Now, just this is another Rube Goldberg scheme by the left. And you'll say, yeah, we need an inflationary cap, but it doesn't do a thing to help save you money at the pharmacy counter. It's a gimmick. So let's say it hits the cap. Now, if the cap is triggered, you know what happens? There's a new tax on the price of the drugs. A new tax is imposed, effectively putting a price control on the medicines you need. So what the pharmaceutical companies say, okay, well, I'm only going to produce so much of this drug because I don't want to be taxed. And you, in the end, pay for it. All taxes are passed on to the people. So the government gets more money. That's their answer on drugs. The Part D program has been successful for almost 15 years, thanks to its competitive structure. But Wyden and other Democrats are now pushing to make this a full-blown government entitlement program. And you know who's thinking about supporting it? Chuck Grassley. Senate Republicans need to oppose this. Why would Grassley, supposedly a free market defender, want to adopt a socialist proposal the Democrats like. Might be summertime. Senators Grassley and Wyden might want to remember that during election time, seniors vote. Get the facts, folk. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. Look at this report here. I think this is too big to do now. I can't squeeze it in in 30 seconds. So when you come back, I've got a very, very fascinating report I want to tell you about. News story. Where is it from? Oh, it's from overseas, of course. Stick with us, folks. One powerful hour left. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the 
in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's other, there are other issues I want to get to here, but first... This was the story I was mentioning without detail at the end of the last hour. Israel launched two attacks on Iranian targets in Iraq in July. Have you heard about this? According to al-Sharaq al-Assad, Israel attacked a base in Ashraf, Iraq, northeast of Baghdad on Sunday, targeting Iranian advisors and a shipment of ballistic missiles from Iran. The IAF used its F-35I stealth fighter jets to hit two Iraqi bases that were used by Iranian forces and proxies and for storing ballistic missiles, the London-based Saudi Daily said. So we don't know how true this is. The Israelis have ordered and have paid for and have received some F-35s, which are the cutting-edge fighter, American fighter. It's taken a long time to get here. These are stealth fighters. And these are the finest jets on the planet, despite what the media say and the anti-military types say. And the Israelis modify them even further at greater expense for their pilots, for the kind of fighting that they expect and the kind of fighting that they do. They have been able to enter successfully and leave successfully Iranian airspace, which means they have the capacity to hit Iran, to hit Iran's cities, and to hit Iran's nuclear sites, and Iraq, and other areas in the Middle East. But just thought I'd point that out. All right, let's go to our friend John Solomon. In the Hill newspaper, Chris Ray's FBI continues to cover for Team Comey's Russia shenanigans. I don't like this guy, Chris Ray. He looks swarmy to me. Something about this guy I do not like. The FBI is going to court to fight the public release of a small number of documents the State Department sent to agents from Christopher Steele, the British intelligence operative, and Hillary Clinton paid political muckraker during the 2016 election. Now, normally such Freedom of Information Act cases don't merit public attention. This one apparently does. To hear the FBI tell it, the release of former Deputy Assistant Secretary Kathleen Kavalek, she's at state, her documents is tantamount to giving up the keys to President Trump's nuclear briefcase, aiding the enemy or assisting terrorists. Of course, he's being sarcastic and rightly so. Quote, we know that terrorist organizations and other hostile or foreign intelligence groups have the capacity and ability to gather information from myriad sources. Maybe he's not. Analyze it and deduce means and methods from disparate details to defeat the U.S. government's collection efforts. An FBI assistant section chief swore in an affidavit supporting the request to keep the documents secret. That's actually their claim then. The FBI can't afford to, quote, jeopardize the fragile relationship that exists between the U.S. and certain foreign governments, unquote, said the FBI official. 
And if that wasn't enough, the Bureau actually claimed that, quote, FBI agents have privacy interests from unnecessary, unofficial questioning as to the conduct of investigations and other FBI business. In other words, agents don't want to have to answer to the public, which pays their salary, when questions arise about the investigative work, as has happened in the Russia case. Now, the FBI's July 10 court filing speaks volumes about Director Christopher Wray's efforts to thwart the public understanding of what really happened in the FBI's now debunked Russia collusion probe. Steele's contacts at stake can't possibly be equated to the nation's most sensitive secrets. The same research he provided to State and the FBI in the fall of 2016 was being provided to Clinton and the DNC and to the media. In fact, Steele was fired from the FBI on November 1, 2016, for leaking information. Any assumption of secrecy, privacy, or classification is ludicrous. On its face, the FBI's behavior in the Citizens United case isn't about protecting national security secrets. It's about protecting the Bureau's reputation from revelations. Its agents knew derogatory information about Steele and his work before they used this dossier to support a surveillance warrant targeting the Trump campaign and failed to disclose the information to the FISA court. That makes this court fight a waste of taxpayer dollars and unnecessary breach of public trust. And so this is a case being brought by Citizens United for the documents and FBI Director Ray doesn't want this information out. Why? It's not... Anything related to national security, that's a joke. Lee, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Go. Denali, good evening. Good evening. Thank you, you, sir. Yes, sir. In addition to the reasons why you mentioned that the left is going after Trump, there was what I think may have been a precipitating event that really kicked it into high gear. And it was almost one year ago, mid-August, a Rasmussen poll came out indicating that Trump's approval among the black community was around 30 percent. Mr. Producer, didn't I I bring this up? Not 30, it was around 20, 21, 22 percent. I've been bringing this up. That since August of last year, they've been hammering him on race because he's making inroads, according to a poll in August, in the African-American community. And you're quite right. It was in the 20s. Yes, yes, sir. And I will say if if that uh, sizable segment of the minority community flips and starts voting Republican, the hopes of the Democratic Party to ever win a national election again will be distant. Thank you for your call, my friend. Didn't I just say this today and yesterday? It cracks me up. Of course, he's right. And that's been my theory from the get-go. That's why they keep bringing up this race issue, because he was making inroads in the African-American community. See that? Like minds. Kathy, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Yes, our President Trump, he makes a lousy racist. He's letting out black men from the jail, and while at the same time he's executing a white supremacist on federal prison death row in December. And then he meets with um, Diamond and Silk, two black women who happen to be Republican and his favorite fan, in the Oval Office recently. And then, on top of that, you know, he, he moves the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, 
with, you know, how anti-Semitic is he? Right. And then he calls out Elijah Cummings for the failure of Baltimore, okay? Especially after the Freddie Gray incident where the cops were attacked, so they burned and looted Baltimore. And and they were all acquitted. Right, right. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Trump's not a racist. It's all manufactured. He's not a racist. Nothing shows that he's a racist. You know, uh, I saw one commentator on TV say, well, you know, they brought a complaint against Trump, uh, 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 one complaint, a number of uh, minorities about the hiring practices. Ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't make Trump a racist. That means people are making a claim. And not all people. Some people are making a claim. They will do anything and say anything to smear this guy. And he's supposed to sit there. Well, you know, I I really wish he wouldn't tweet so much. I really wish he would do that. I really wish he would that. I really wish. Really? Well, maybe so. But we've never had a president treated like this either. And I think a lesser man would have been forced out of office by now, would have resigned, would have said enough is enough. But he's not a lesser man. And so they get furious and they keep hammering away, hammering away, hammering away. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, uh, these lawsuits against Trump and his family and his businesses are filed with a lot of fanfare. And they mostly lose these lawsuits. A judge dis- dismissed the DNC hacking lawsuit against the Trump team. I'm reading from Fox News. He's a Clinton appointed judge. And the judge said that the claims in the lawsuit are, quote, entirely divorced from the facts. So they were trying to create the impression that somehow Trump and his campaign were involved with WikiLeaks. There were these hacked DNC documents. Trump campaign said, we didn't participate in any of this. We didn't obtain the materials and so forth. And uh, the judge said, you don't even have any facts to support this. Nothing. Judge John Colty, K-O-E-L-T-L, Kotal, I guess. So that's out. The Emoluments Clause case, which was always nonsensical, it took a circuit court to knock that one out. They're going to lose most, if not all, of these subpoena cases involving individuals that are in the president's immediate inner circle for testimony. I believe they're going to lose their tax case. Excuse me. So they're losing. But they continue to bring these lawsuits and call Trump lawless. Here's another example. You know what the uh, state of New York did. Now the legislature is controlled by Democrats. And you have the half-wit, nitwit, Chris Cuomo's brother, Andrew, as the governor. And, of course, they passed an unconstitutional law 
aimed at one person, President of the United States, basically saying if the uh, House of Representatives, not even the House of Representatives, if a committee of the House requests the president's state tax returns, even though they don't call him the president, he's the only one that fits the definition, then they will turn them over to Congress. Have you ever heard anything like this? Well, here's uh, what's going on in California. Listen to this one. Exclusive. California Governor Newsom to sign bill targeting Trump tax returns. California Governor Gavin Newsom. And this guy looks the part of a true used car salesman. And I say that with all deference to used car salesmen. California Governor Gavin Newsom states that he has decided to sign a bill that would require all presidential and gubernatorial candidates to submit five years of tax returns in order to qualify for the primary ballot in California. Now, they can do whatever they want with a gubernatorial candidate. Anybody know why that's unconstitutional for a presidential candidate, Mr. Producer? Because the standards for eligibility to run for president of the United States are in the federal constitution. A state can't change that with a state statute. So if you're 35 years old and a citizen, you can run for president of the United States. The state of California cannot require a presidential candidate in order to be on the ballot, primary or otherwise, to turn over tax returns. Understand what I'm saying? So this is preposterous. The bill is SB 27. It passed the California Assembly and Senate earlier this month. It's a real Soviet-style government they have in California, I'll tell you. Uh, my daughter, her husband, my two grandkids just left California. And they do it with some sadness. Wonderful life in Huntington Beach but they decided it's too much already with the taxes, the regulations, what's going on in the classrooms with little little children and so forth. It's a beautiful state. There's so much to do. They love the ocean, but they left for Tennessee. My son in Irvine is doing exactly the same thing. It's sad what's happened to California. It used to be the the place everywhere would everyone would go to. If you can make it in California, boy, that's the land of uh, opportunity. But not anymore. It's not a put down. It's just uh, what well, one party rule, particularly with the Democrats, have uh, have done to that state. So Newsom's uh, and the California Assembly, their law is unconstitutional at the federal level, but they don't care. They just pass these things to push their agenda, and their base is so stupid they actually believe this stuff is important, you know. Now, last time we left our clips, Bernie Sanders was on Pod Save America podcast. Well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she was on Ebro. Ebro in the morning, a radio show. Ebro in the morning. Hey, bro. Let's listen to this. Cut to go. 
And what's going on with uh, Israel and Palestine, while it's very, very deep, it is very, very criminal. It's very, very unjust. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Israel. Problem there is deep, criminal, and unjust. The Jews are at it again. The, The damn Jews in Israel are at it again. And she says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely, and yeah, absolutely. I don't know why they attack me as a woman of color, but absolutely, that's right. The, uh, that is real, very criminal, very unjust, very deep over there, very. Ebro, go ahead. And I think, I think to where we're at as a country when it comes to Israel-Palestine is very much a generational issue. Mm-hmm. And and I think that when we start looking at it through that lens, a lot of this stuff starts to make sense. Like oh, what you're talking- I see. In this Israel-Palestine, a lot of it starts to make sense when you look at it from a generational perspective. Go ahead about young Jews in Israel are are sick of it. Young Jews in Israel are sick of this. Sick of what? And of course, she's speaking for Jews as she speaks for all peoples. All peeps. On the Ebro show. Now, have the media reported on this, ladies and gentlemen, that they said her comments are anti-Semitic? Have they? Have they? Have they taken any of her words out, cherry picked any of them and wrapped them around her head? Do they treat her like they treat Trump? No, 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 no. She's to be celebrated, not just by Ebro. MSLSD, CNN, all the rest, she's to be celebrated. Truth to power, you know. But she wasn't done on the Ebro in the morning show. Is there an Ebro in the evening show, Mr. Producer? I don't know. But you're talking right now to Mark Bro. And Mark Bro will be right back. Mark Levin, the voice of America. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. According to studies... Just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. Rest or spur of the moment. Crimes of opportunity. In other words, random. Did you know most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., the middle of the day? Now, homes without home security are 300% more likely to be broken into. Because they look to see. Gee, do they have security? It's easier to knock off a home that doesn't. 65% of burglaries are committed by someone the victim knows. July and August are when the most burglaries occur. By my calculation, we're in July. And what's crazy is that one in five homes have home security. That's because most companies really don't make it easy to get it. And that's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down, because they do. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24 7 professional monitoring. They make it easy on you. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. It's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times' wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. But one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out 
is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of the list. But with Simply Safe, they use their video verification technology to visually confirm the break in, allowing police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than with other home security companies. Visit simplysafemark.com. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. So go now. Be sure to go to simplysafemark.com so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. Yes, yes, indeed. Anderson Cooper is a newsman, ladies and gentlemen. At least he's supposed to be. He's on CNN, which is supposed to be a news channel. But it's not. It's really Russia TV in America. And Anderson Cooper, last night, cut seven go. Funny thing, that's almost the exact same thing another top advisor said last Sunday, defending the president's attacks on those four other non-white Congress members. I think the term racist, Chris, has become a label that is too often deployed by the left Democrats in this country simply to try to silence and punish and suppress people they disagree with, speech that they don't want to hear. Well, that explains it. Elijah Cummings is just trying to silence the president. Let's just stop here. Understand this is a news show. This is a news anchor doing a a news digest program. You understand what I'm saying? Does this sound anything like a news program that this clown Anderson Cooper is promoting? Go ahead. ...of a racist verbal assault. Same for those other four non-white congresswomen. And Congressman John Lewis, who... You, okay, you that's know. five non-whites. What's Bernie Sanders? What's Chuck Schumer? What's Nancy Pelosi? What's Jeb Bush? What's this? What's that? What's this? They're not really keeping count. Where's PolitiFact and Snopes? What about the Pinocchios? Well, the Washington Compost isn't going to give a Pinocchio to Anderson Cooper. Look at the seething racism that comes out of Cooper's mouth. This is the voice of a racist. And it's nothing whatsoever to do with the responsibilities of a newsman. Nothing whatsoever. It's appalling. Go ahead. Nearly to death on the Edmunds Pettus Bridge in the civil rights movement, he he was the real racial aggressor when the president told him that he too should go back and fix what he called his crime-infested district. He seems to reserve the word "infested" for non-whites. No, he doesn't. And why are you? Why are you? Why are you so sickeningly predictable? Mr. Cooper, absolute disgrace. And he's not talking about what John Lewis did that day on that bridge. He's talking about John Lewis today, who is a political hack. Not John Lewis, the great civil rights leader. John Lewis, the lousy congressman. There's a difference. You don't get a pass when you're a public official, when you get elected. You don't get a pass if you're a woman, if you're a person of color. And since when did we start using that phrase, Mr. Producer? I've been on the radio a long time. When have we started talking about people in the media, about people of color? Then there's Don Lemon. 
Same propaganda. Doesn't matter. Same on CNN. Cut eight. Go. But that word, infested, that word is a particularly loaded one coming from this president. No, it isn't, pal. He's talking about rats. It's infested with rats. They want you to believe desperately that Trump's talking about people and people of color. No, he's not. He's talking about rats. The city is infested with rats. PBS did a story on rats. The former mayor talked about rats. The people of Baltimore talk about rats. It's infested with rats. And it is. A fact, newsman. But they're on pushing a narrative. Go ahead. Sure likes to use when he is attacking people of color. You remember his racist attack on those four congresswomen? Tweeting that they should go back to the, quote, crime-infested places from which they came. Well, Somalia is crime-infested, which is why Omar's family was in a refugee camp in Kenya and then worked their way into the United States. There are crime-infested neighborhoods. There are crime-infested countries. Are we not allowed to say that either? Why does this clown, Don Lemon, think people are trying to flood into this country from south of the border? They're crime-infested countries. They're corrupt countries. I don't understand. I, I really don't. The, the illogic of these morons, they get caught up in their own ideology. What are people fleeing from to come to the United States, Mr. Producer? What are they fleeing from? Crime, poverty, and so forth? So if you say these are crime-infested, hellholes, what, are you racist? But meanwhile, if you put in an application for asylum, you get, yeah, it's crime-infested over there, and, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm worried about my life. It's poor. It's nasty. The government's corrupt. They sound like Trump when they're applying for asylum. Why does he reserve that word? For people of color. He doesn't. When he criticized those four women, he wasn't even talking about color or race. When he criticized Elijah Cummings, he wasn't talking about color or race. He's talking about facts. Facts. Go ahead. No, every one of them is an American citizen. And you remember when he tweeted that sanctuary cities which protect undocumented... Ah, that's enough, clown. You're that too much with the uh, drama... It's like he's in a high school play trying out for a lead actor. Like he's a high school play. Don Lemon. Don Lemon has no ratings, but it doesn't matter. They're subsidized. Joy Behor was on The View today. Now, Joy Behor knows everything about women of color, even though she's a woman of no color. And once again, I must say, I'm concerned about these these genitalia-specific terms. I could have sworn we were taught not to use them. You know, like Latinx or unisex bathrooms. And we have towns that are ridding themselves of manholes. We call them maintenance holes. But all of a sudden, it's women of color. 
Why are we using the word women? I don't know. Women. I didn't think we were supposed to use the word color either. I thought it was African Americans, Hispanic Americans, this American, that American. And so they violate their own rules. But it doesn't matter because it's them. They set the rules. And last time I checked, Jake Tapper's not a woman of color. Well, Blitzer's not a woman of color. Uh, The other clown, what's his name? Anderson Cooper, he's not a woman of color. In fact, isn't there a lawsuit against CNN by people of color for discrimination at the top levels? Yes, there is. Go ahead. Yesterday I said to you that I didn't think black people could be racist. And I got slammed, you know, by Fox and whatever and other places because... You got slammed by rational people. Because anybody can be a racist. It's not limited to certain people depending on their skin color. You know, that used to be going around in the 1960s. There were these radical Marxist leftist professors who would go around saying that minorities can't be racist. Well, of course we know minorities can be racist. And many people have experienced that and do experience that. That minorities can be racist, as can people in the majority. I mean, racism is not color-specific. People try to change the, the nature of the debate, try to change the nomenclature. That's why I say they get confused with themselves. Are you a woman of color? What do you mean? You can't say this is a woman's room, a lady's room, a girl's room. But when it comes to being offended, yes, then you can use it. Go ahead. Wrong on that, but I... When, I'm, when I talk about racism, I talk about a system of racism in this country that, that affects housing, that affects politics, that affects education. It's a system What the of- hell are you talking about? It's a system of racism, says the Yenta. That system of racism that affects this and this and this. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. So we all ought to be running out of America and heading south of the border to Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador. Why are we here? Everybody, get out. Well, why isn't everybody getting out? Which, of course, was really Trump's point. It's a free country. We have an open border. If you hate it so much, if it's everything the left says it is, particularly radical anti-Semites, particularly morons like Joy Behua, then what's the problem? If we're as bleak and horrible as you say, why would you stay here? That's the point. Because we want to improve America. We want, we want to make it a just and equal country. Like uh, uh, Venezuela. Go ahead. And if you are a, a minority in this country, you are more a victim of racism. So it's hard to be a racist when you are a victim of racism. Yeah. That's my point. I, I, no, well, your point is idiotic. You can have an individual who is a victim of racism and is racist towards somebody else. Talking about you, idiot. No wonder you couldn't make it on radio. Rich, wasn't she... Open your microphone. Wasn't she on WABC at one point? She was. She was WABC radio host. She was a host on WABC. What happened to her? I don't know. She disappeared. Much like Scarborough and, and Brzezinski. Like Sacco and Vansetti. Well, they took a hiatus. They took a hiatus and went over to MSNBC. They're still on hiatus. Go ahead. I'm not on the- 
between racism and bigotry. That black people can be bigoted like anybody well, else. Well, this is fascinating, getting a lesson from, uh, what's her name again? Joy Behar on bigotry and racism, the difference between the two. And she speaks for, black people can be bigoted, but they can't be racist, says Joy Behar. Doesn't she sound like a bigot to you there, Mr. Producer? Stereotyping people like she speaks for black people? Go ahead. When you're talking about racism in this country, until black people are running everything, <laughs> we can't close. <laughs> you know, this is just such psychobabble. And then the audience with the applause. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, Melanie, clap, clap. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where are you going after the show? I think we should go back to Greenwich Village. Oh, really? Yes, 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 yes. The shrimps can't be as unbelievable. And the, and the uh, Cabernet, uh, the Cabernet is just, it's so dry and light. I, I, I love it in Greenwich. Yes. And the breadsticks, the breadsticks with the shrimps can't be. I, I don't know where they get these breadsticks from. I, I don't know, but I, I certainly do enjoy them, don't you? Yes. And, uh, and what about uh, a, a what, what's for dessert, do you think? Well, I was thinking chocolate mousse, uh, yes, creme brulee, maybe. I, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, Melanie. What, what do you think? I don't know. But let's hurry up and eat and go to another show. Maybe we can sit and watch Don Lemon. He's always so good about the systemic racism in America. Oh, he's unbelievably good. What do you say? And we aren't even women of color. We're women of no color. What kind of sick... I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So Aach, on some jackass's show called Ebro in the morning, agrees with the host that Israel is very, very criminal. Absolutely, she says. I think it's, you know, a generational thing. No, your stupidity, Aach, uh, crosses all generational levels. You'd be dumb in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It doesn't matter. You'd be dumb. You'd be in the back of the class. And yet in today's world with the modern media, you're promoted. And here's the joke. In the end, I think it helps Trump a lot. Because she and the other clowns, women of color, women of no color, women who were men or used to be men and transitioned into women, men who've transitioned into women and transitioned back to men, women who've transitioned to men, you understand, all the in-betweens and innies and outies and all the rest. Uh, She's a moron no matter how she's defined. Demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail. Now, if you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one soon. And when it arrives, you'll have questions like, is it true the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? Can they get my retirement savings? The answer is yes to all those questions. And in fact, the IRS can do a lot more than that. But there is a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an official government program 
for tax debt assistance. And nobody knows more about the Fresh Start initiative than the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But don't delay, because the IRS can tack on hefty uh, penalties and interest every day. Call Optima now for your free consultation while you still have options. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. Don't delay. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. And for complete details, you can visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Where's Jim Acosta these days? What's happened to him? Has he transitioned out of CNN? I don't know. I want to remind you, it could end tonight. It could end in one hour. It could end in 10 hours. I don't know, but it will end. It will not last long. 52% off unfreedom of the press. Please spread the word. Please hand out copies like Thomas Paine's Common Sense. And if you order and you're a member of, uh, you know, Prime, then uh, you can get the shipping free uh, overnight. So check that out, $13.44. And I want to salute all you heroes out there, all you folks who love your country. And I want to thank you for being in this audience. God bless you. See you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.